Welcome to McChesney Unchained, a new show on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Before we jump into it, we want you to know that this is a little different than our other shows. Matt McChesney is going to give you an uncensored take on what's going on in the football world, and if you have kids around, you may want to listen to this at another time. McChesney's opinions do not represent those of BSN Denver, but they are real, and they come from a CU legend who spent six years battling in the NFL trenches. Now, sit back and enjoy the show. On a long, lonesome highway, east of Omaha, I can listen to the engines moaning out as one old song. Think about the woman, the girl you knew the night before. But your thoughts will soon be wandering the way they always do. Hello and welcome to episode 50, that's right, 50 episodes of McChesney Unchained on the DNVR Podcast Network. I am your host, Matt McChesney, and like always, we are rocking the DNVR Denver Podcast Network. Uh, Check out dnvr.com. They have absolutely rebranded and it is badass. They are doing an absolutely great job over there uh, at headquarters. Uh, Hats off to Brandon Spano and everybody down there kicking ass. Uh, This is episode 50. I am Matt McChesney. We have a ton to talk about today. Uh, Unfortunately, we couldn't get the guests that we wanted on episode 50 today. It just didn't work out from a logistical standpoint. But down the road, we'll try and get everybody back on. Um, It was an interesting weekend, to say the least. We didn't do a show last week. Uh, We had too much stuff uh, mound up on me, and I didn't get around to it. But we are rocking this week, and we're going to start with your Colorado Buffaloes. Remember, everything that we do Colorado Buffalo-related is brought to you by our good friends at 10thanduni.com. Check out 10th and Uni. Uh, they are the best Buffalo swag and gear on earth. T-shirts, hats, really, really clean stuff. Uh, old school cursive and really deep hats for those with big skulls like like your boy here. Uh, but check it out, 10thanduni.com. Use the promo code BUFFCLUB and they'll get you hooked up with a discount. Um, the Colorado Buffaloes, I was down on the field for the Arizona game. That was a must win, uh, and it was a heartbreaking loss, to say the least. Um, You know, just too many mistakes and not enough uh, opportunities exploited. But really, the Buffs could have been a 5-0 football team, but then again, they could have been a 1-4 football team as well. So I'd like to think that the Oregon disaster was an enigma because I, I truly believe this, you know. I think they... They got their ass kicked, and it happens. I got my ass kicked when I was there. Everybody takes a beating every now and then. Handle it like a man. Learn from your L and move forward. But I'm saying this. In the second quarter, the bus were inside Oregon's 25 twice, and they came away with no points in either drive. I mean, you even get six more points there, and it's 17-9 to at halftime, not 24-3. to Things are significantly different. So... I think that everything just snowballed and quicksanded on CU, and Montez started pressing. He threw four picks. Can't do that. 
Uh, they didn't have Mustafa Johnson on defense, and it, it reared its ugly head in this game because Oregon's offensive line is probably the best in the Pac-12, maybe the best in the country. Mario Cristobal's got his guys rolling. Uh, one of the Dungeon family wide receivers, Chase Penry from Cherry Creek, who's offered by CU and CSU, was actually up there on a recruiting trip uh, visiting Oregon this weekend. And he, you know, he was just blown away with the facilities and everything. That's all nice. It's just as nice as CU, but the atmosphere was nuts. And it's just, it, he could tell there was a, a little bit of a difference on the field, is what he told me when I talked to him on Sunday. You know, Colorado, we felt like they hoped they could win the players, and Oregon felt like they knew they were going to win. So he got the first overall pick in Justin Herbert. You know, the, uh, the big nose tackle, 34, Big Mac is a monster in there. The left tackle, 58, the true freshman. I think, I can't remember his name, but he was an absolute freak. That guy's going to be a first round pick. So Oregon's really good. They got a lot of speed, and they recruit the hell out of people. So that's what the Buffs want to aspire to. But I don't think they're as far off as people think they are. I think they're hurt. So CU's got to get healthy. And another team that's in disarray is who they play this weekend. And Washington State comes off a loss to to Arizona State in the desert. Uh, Arizona State's only loss, and they're in the top 15, is to CU. Remember, the Buffs have won two games against top 25 opponents uh, when they were ranked and Arizona State's a damn good football team they could end up winning the south and CU could be their only loss this year rolling into the Pac-12 title game uh, maybe so I just think that Colorado is still in position to make a bowl and I think they will and I think the this is the most desperate college football game you're going to watch on earth on Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m. Like, I'm going to need to watch it with my friends that I played with because I'm nervous about it. Go, Pullman sucks, number one. I don't know why you would ever want to go there unless you're playing a football game, but they are desperate. Their D.C. resigned after the UCLA extravaganza and that disaster, and they've given up a ton of points and yards. They can't stop a nosebleed, but neither can CU. CU's given up over 30 points and now 40 in every game. But I think Colorado isn't scheme-based or effort-based. I think it's youth. I think it's a lot of guys trying to figure it out. They're playing hard. Nate Lamon in the middle is putting himself on deck to be the next guy that wins the Butkus in his senior season. He's only a junior. I hope that Mustafa and Nate both go back next year because they could be the cornerstones of a, of a great defense that's cutting their teeth this year. I truly believe that. I think that this team still makes a bowl game. I think the senior leadership, I think McUnu, the safety, and getting him back healthy will be huge. But then, you know, just sitting back and really looking at what CU does well, when they can run the football, they're really, really good off play action. And I think that they've got to sit back and understand that riding the juice from Coach Cap and his unit up front, those guys, when they're running the ball and they don't have to just straight pass protect, they're pretty good up front. But when they're one-dimensional, no one's good. I mean, no one is. I don't care who you are. And I think that Hambright, the left tackle, the the uh, grad transfer from Oklahoma State's an absolute stud. And we've got to run the ball behind him more. He can move people for sure. And the the offensive line as a whole has played pretty well this year. So the Buffs are 3-3. Three and three. They're very competitive. They got their ass kicked on Friday night. But you know what? You learn from it and you move forward. And you don't abandon ship. So... You know, it, it's, it couldn't have been a very fun meeting. I know Coach Tucker doesn't want to see that. And a lot of Buffalo country, you got you to gotta step back and understand that Coach Tucker is truly building something. They got another huge commit. And when I say huge, 
Dude, the, guy, the, the JUCO D lineman they committed the other day is literally 6'8", and he's going to start immediately. He's super long. He's a great. He's going to be a really good player, in my opinion. And they bagged him by uh, the the uh, the quarterback, the true freshman quarterback, Lewis, they got coming in from Texas as a freak. I met him at the game, at the Arizona game. He's really excited about coming in. He's going to early enroll. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts as a true freshman. And you get a dual threat back there. He accounted for like nine touchdowns in the last two weeks down in Texas. So I, they're recruiting well. They're attacking the state from a constructive manner. I don't think they need to recruit every kid in Colorado to be successful. That and as that, I'm saying that as the, somebody that runs recruiting in Colorado, this is what I do. So I don't think they would need to recruit everybody. Although they need to recruit a lot of the guys, if that makes sense. Uh, they offered the Page kid at Fairview, uh, real shifty receiver, is only a sophomore, so they're getting on him early. That's good to see. Um, you know, so so we'll see what happens there. But the Buffs have got to win this game on Saturday. They have to go to four and three, sitting pretty, coming home with a chance to get a win against SC. And they got Stanford at home in Washington. They got a real killer schedule. They got to go to Cal. So they're playing teams that are all fighting for bowl game slots too. The Pac-12 cannibalizes itself every year, and this is another example. But I'm telling you right now, sorry, my phone just went off. I'm telling you right now, the the Buffs are going to make a bowl game, and I think that Saturday night's a must-win, and you're going to see the true character of Mel Tucker's football team come out. Coach Shedd's going to have his guys ready. LaVisca is not going to be shut down again. He wasn't shut down necessarily, but he didn't score, and I know if he doesn't get in the end zone, he ain't happy. So I wouldn't be surprised if they hang 40 or more on Washington State, but then Washington State can probably hang that much on us too, so it could be a nice little shootout on Saturday night. And a must-win for the Colorado Buffaloes. Remember, all your Colorado Buffalo talk is brought to you by our good friends at 10thanduni.com. Thank you to my my man Morgan for all the hookups and hats and t-shirts and whatnot. Go to 10thanduni.com and check it out. Use the promo code BUFFCLUB and they'll give you a nice discount. All right, we roll. Now, <clears throat> the, uh, the NFL weekend that was... Um, Thursday night, New England mopped up the Giants. Brady is 49 years old and still dishing it. They have the number one defense in the NFL. The Patriots are real. Everyone knows it. They're going to be a hard out. They're going to get home field advantage most likely. It's going to be between them and Kansas City. Kansas City took an L to Houston. Houston could sneak into that. I don't know if anybody can go on the road and win in New England. We could be looking at New England going to the Super Bowl again, which is just insane to me. I can't believe they're this dominant. That'd be four years in a row. And, you know, Buffalo did it four years in a row and lost, but New England's going to go, what, two and two, three and one, something like that? That's nuts. Um, six and oh, number one D in football, whoop de doo. Um, I hope they lose. The Rams and the Niners. The Rams and the Niners, I watched every snap of this game. Uh, I'm not going to talk about every NFL game, but just the, the ones that I care about. There's something wrong with the Rams. I think Todd Gurley being out is part of it, but losing Sullivan to retirement. Allen's a good player, the the, the second-year center from Michigan State, really good player. But he's still learning how to the, the ins and outs. It's his sixth, seventh start. Sullivan was a vet. He played for a long time. Saffold went to Tennessee. Obviously, he didn't help very much yesterday, but Marcus Mariota is terrible. We'll talk about that in a minute. Saffel went to Tennessee. He's gone. They're missing their, a guard in the center. They're trying to get new guys in, and they're leaky in, in the A-gap, and it's really affecting Goff's ability to step up in the pocket and deliver downfield. They also can't run the ball with the same kind of ferocity, so the play-action game isn't going as hard. There are a lot of second and eights, a lot, and a lot of second and fours. 
If you're in second and four, there's a lot of what's called waist down going on. And if you're in a waist down, that's when you walk into the huddle and Goff says to, or McVay says to Goff in his ear hole, he goes, yo, if they, if they play cover one here and the strong safety walks into the box, I want you to check it, which they check all the time. I'll stand up and go, hey, hammer, hammer, or, or taco fall, like you've seen, taco fall. And that's the waist down call. And it'll go from, from power right or 26 power to 26 power pass. And then it'll be, you know, hard down block by the tight end. He runs the seam, so on and so forth. But a waist down because you think you can get the four yards on third down if you miss. You don't think you can get eight yards on third down. There's no second and eight waist down. No, they're playing cover two. They're letting you throw underneath to go to second and four, and then they're going to play the sticks, force a quick throw, and get you off the field most likely. That's what we saw all day Sunday. The Broncos did that to Houston consist or to Houston to Tennessee consistently. So the Rams and the 49ers, I think they're both good teams. I don't think the Rams make the playoffs this year, though, because Seattle is rolling. Seattle beat Cleveland. Cleveland's in the dumps, and you know that's what you get when you go to Cleveland and then start acting like you're good. You can go to Cleveland, you can get a bunch of good players, but you can't act like you're good. You guys are terrible. You're the fucking turds. Deal with it. But the Rams, I think they're just going to have a lull, and they're going to have to figure out a new way to be creative offensively, and I think they will. I really do. Now, when you're looking at the 49ers, the 49ers increased to undefeated, and they've won every game. And I, I think that they are the Super Bowl favorite in the NFC, and I don't even think it's close because they've been so shitty for so long. You know, they've accumulated a ton of first-round picks in the front, and their front, defensive front, is ridiculous. From Armstead to Bosa, I mean, Bosa is out there just destroying NFL veteran tackles. It's his fifth, sixth game. They're killing people up front. They they have five first round draft picks up front, and they only have four spots. So it's like they got to cut Solomon Thomas. He's the redheaded stepchild. Secondary's flying around making plays. Richard Sherman's talking a ton of shit. He's back in the Bay Area after playing at Stanford, and I think that they're putting themselves in a real, real good situation. Jimmy Garoppolo is an unbelievably good play action passer, and they are running the hell out of the football. And, you know, the, the 49ers have put themselves in a position to get home field advantage and have the road to the, the Super Bowl go through Santa Clara, and that's going to be a real tough place to play if you got to go to San Francisco to play that defense at home. They are not fucking around. Uh, so keep your eyes on San Francisco. Kansas City and the Texans, the future of the quarterback battle in the NFL. If Brady and Manning are going to be done, obviously they're done because fucking Manning's done and Eli's done. Uh, but Mahomes and Watson, before we get into the game, I just want you to think about something real quick. Put yourselves in the Chicago Bear fans' shoes, but then and also in the Chicago Bears' front office and Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy was the offensive coordinator for Kansas City before they drafted Mitchell Trubisky the year before. He gets the head coaching job, or excuse me, Coach Fox drafted Mitchell Trubisky, and then Nagy got the job. Okay, Nagy knew what he had in Mahomes because he was there with Mahomes the year Mahomes sat when Andy Reid moved up to draft him. So Mitchell Trubisky goes number two to Chicago, right? Who goes after Trubisky? Kansas City moves up and takes Mahomes at 10 or 11. And then Watson goes 13 or 12 or 13, I think, to Houston directly after that. 
Now, Dabo Sweeney and and Watson had won the national title against Nick Saban's Oklahoma or Oklahoma Alabama team earlier that uh, February, and Dabo came out and said, "You are passing on Michael Jordan if you pass on Watson." Now, the Portland Trailblazers' stupid asses passed on Michael Jordan when they took Sam Bowie, and that didn't go too well forever for the history of history. Okay. Now, if you're the Bears, can you imagine Mahomes or Watson in Chicago with that defense? A defense that they say could historically be great. Can you imagine how good that football team would be? They would finally reverse the curse of not being able to have a quarterback in Chicago. Their best quarterback is either Jim McMahon, God rest him, you know, or, or, or God bless him. Jim McMahon is a fucking metal linebacker playing quarterback. You guys had more concussions than Mike Singletary, so I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback, but I'm damn sure not saying he's one of the top 25 of all time, regardless if he's got a ring or not. He was on the 85 Bears. That's why he's got a ring. And then Jay fucking Cutler is your, your claim to fame. You could have had Mahomes or Watson, and you decided to move up one pick to waste future draft capital and move up one goddamn pick. One pick. One goddamn pick. And pick Mitchell Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes and Watson. So, just think about that before we talk about this game. Houston goes to Kansas City and gets a massive win. Now, I think that Watson is Michael Jordan. I I agree with Dabo Sweeney. I'm watching highlights of this game right now. And I think this is going to be one of the premier rivalries moving forward in the AFC for years to come. I wish that they were in opposite conferences so they could play in the Super Bowl one day. But we may get them in the AFC title game year after year after year as well. Watson, I'm not saying he out he outgunned Mahomes. He just took advantage of more opportunities. And Houston's defense is better, period. They apply pressure more frequently. Their best players, better than Kansas City's best player, J.J. Watt or Clark or Matha, whoever you want to say on Kansas City. Chris Jones, probably their three technique, but I'd still take Watt, even though he's having a slow season. That you know, Romeo Cornell, the defensive coordinator for the the uh, Texans, has seen everything. Bill O'Brien's been there forever. Andy Reid on the other side has Mahomes playing out of his mind, but Mahomes has struggled the two weeks before this week because he got a little dinged up. So the the key to beating fifteen has hurt him. I don't know how that's going to go. He walks into to uh, Mile High on Thursday night of next week, pissed off that they lost. That's in three days. Get your mind right, Denver. So this game in Arrowhead could go a long way in deciding home field just because Kansas City took an L and New England's rolling and Houston got a game on Kansas City as they beat them. And I think it goes a long way in putting Watson mentally in a, a space where he knows he can beat anybody anywhere. Now the, other, the hurdle is New England because he still hasn't won there. Mahomes hasn't won there. Jesus hasn't won there. I mean, nobody's winning in New England these days, So, other than Tom Brady. So it is what it is. I thought the game was fantastic. It was up and down. It was high-flying. Look, Houston can at least rush. They, they can both rush the passer. Houston can play run defense when they need to. They can strap down and grab their nuts and fucking play run defense if they have to. Kansas City couldn't stop a fucking nosebleed. I mean, Kansas City is... Awful. They couldn't hit sand if they fell off a camel in the fucking Sahara. Okay? They are terrible against the run. And they are getting gashed week in and week out. They fired Bob Sutton. Oh, guess what? Not Bob Sutton's fault. It's Chris Jones trying to pass rush on every play. It's the same reason the Rams can't stop the run. Aaron Donald pass rushes every play. 
Yeah, you can stop the run on some plays, but they're going to gash you with lead draw, with, you know, with screens. They're going to kill you with delayed runs, with trap, because of your aggressiveness. Any team that's an over-under front, that's gap penetrating, that's up the field in a hurry, eventually, you're going to make some plays. You're going to get your TFLs. No one's saying you're not. You're going to get your pressures, but you're also going to get exploited. And any team that two gaps... You better get pressure from the edges. You may be able to stop the run, but if you can't pressure, the quarterback's going to sit back there for a fucking hot minute and carve you like Thanksgiving. So keep your eye on Kansas City and Houston. They're both going to be playoff teams. That was a hell of a game. I don't see why. I mean, I love the Monday night game, but the Sunday night game was weak as shit. Pittsburgh and, and the Chargers. I get it. When Roethlisberger's healthy, it could have been a good game, but th that should have been primetime. Houston-Kansas City should have been primetime. That was an incredible football game. Poor Bears. Idiots. All right. Titans-Broncos. Okay, remember everything everything Bronco-related, NFL-related that we talk about is brought to you by our good friends at NeuroXPF.com. My man Kyle Turley and that great product. Use the promo code 6015 and they'll give you a 15% discount on the website, neuroxpf.com. Unbelievable CBD medicine. Uh, I take it daily. Check it out. We sell it at the gym. Get your ass down here and get some. They bring you all of our NFL banter. So, the Broncos beat the Texans 16 to nothing. First shutout since they shut out the Jets two years ago. And the defense was absolutely suffocating. Marcus Mariota, I don't know what the hell happened to that guy. I know he's not, as Steve Young said, he's not in a quarterback-friendly place. I get it. But at some point, you maybe you're just not a good quarterback, regardless of how friendly or unfriendly the place may be. He's really digressed. He's been awful since he got into the NFL. He was good early. I saw this guy win a playoff game in Arrowhead where he threw a touchdown to himself. Yeah, deflection that he caught and ran into the fucking end zone. So I'm not saying Mariota can't play. I'm saying maybe he needs a change of venue and a change of scenery. But then at the same time, again, maybe he just needs to back somebody up for a while. And if he does back somebody up for a while, it could be the way to repair himself mentally. Just like Tannehill is his backup and he came in and led him on a couple of drives at least. At least they passed the 50. It might be time for Mariota to do the same thing. Now, the Broncos, they had a lot of guys step up. A ton of guys played on defense. Adam Gossis was not one of them. Looks like 99's lost his job, and he'll be moving on. Mike Purcell from Highlands Ranch played at Wyoming. Colorado, how'd you let this kid walk out seven, eight years ago, nine years ago? You know, that's a, that's a Hawkins thing right there. You got to recruit that kid, Coach Matt, Coach Hawk, whoever it was. But Highlands Ranch High School and Mike Purcell was absolutely dominating that football game yesterday. Dominating. We got some videos up of him just kicking the shit out of people at the point of attack, two gapping, shedding tackles. Awesome. Couple TFLs. Plays the cut. He plays a. He's in the backside playing a two eye, trying to play the cut back. Plays the cut really well. Jumps over dude, tracks the ball, makes a TFL. We put that one up at DNVR Unchained. We got a bunch of videos up. We're also putting them up at Six Zero Academy. You can go and watch all of them. We did a bunch on the Cowboys and the Jets and stuff like that as well. Trying to get that football language out there so you folks can understand what you're looking at and not just follow the ball. But when you give guys opportunity, that's why I like Coach Vic. He's an opportunity first coach. They don't really give a shit if you're a draft pick or not or where you're picked. If you do your job and you like, they like you, and that's a big part of it, they have to like you. You can do your job all you want and they can not like you and you're gone 
and we've seen that happen with a ton of guys. But you know, if you do your job and they like you, you're going to get an opportunity. I mean, look at the, the Velociraptor Johnson from Tennessee. That kid has been through hell and back. He was almost in prison for rape allegations and shit. It all got thrown out. He got exonerated. He got his opportunity in the NFL. He's undrafted. He's on practice squad. He's getting cut. And he just took Josie Jewell's job, and he was balling yesterday. He was in the backfield the whole game. And Josie was healthy, played special teams, lost his job. And that's, look, Coach Vick has pretty much set the precedent here. It doesn't matter if you were picked high. It doesn't matter where you were picked. You do your fucking job, or you get benched. And that is the way the NFL works. Not for long. That's what it means. NFL. Not for long. The sooner you realize that as a player, the faster you'll acclimate to it and hopefully get your pension before the game beats the shit out of you. Very few people are going to play to be a Hall of fucking Famer. Let's be real. And there's a lot of sensitivity in today's NFL. No one wants to hear what they do wrong. Holy shit, man. The game's all about losing and being able to handle it. That's all it is. So... The Broncos did a really good job the last two weeks of doing just that. Going 0-4, hearing nothing but negativity. Everyone picking against, against them when they go to the Chargers. They go to the Chargers, run the Chargers, beat the shit out of them, totally outplay them. A 12-4 football team a year ago, a team that a lot of people pick to go to the Super Bowl. And then they get back in mile high and they get the first win at home with a shutout. And they actually play hard. I didn't see any loafing. None. I, Demarcus Walker tracked a screen in the, I think, third quarter for 20 yards. Just killed old boy on the angle. It was awesome. I got to find it again so I can record it and put it up on the video. But there was a great, it was great effort. Vaughn didn't play 90 snaps, so maybe that was the reason he was dragging ass against Jacksonville. But the last two weeks, he's been incredible. incredible. If he's got to get called out in order for him to be incredible, that's what coaches do. Figure out a way to constructively motivate your best player and you'll kick the shit out of people. Figure out a way for your best player to loaf and you'll lose. Flacco was excellent. The, the pick that ricocheted off Fant's back, I get it. He's looking into the sun, but he has two eyes. I can't see left and I can see the fucking ball. I'm sitting on my sofa, I get it. But bro, the, the corner saw the ball, the safety saw the ball. It ricocheted off your shoulder, catch the ball, dog. You're a first round tight end. The ball can't ricochet off your shoulder. This isn't bloopers. And if we would have lost the game because of that shit, we would have a there'd be a fucking Hudson Dam breakdown in 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 Denver. The, the dam is broken. Shit, it we're screwed. So I'm glad that didn't happen. But it's it's a it's a a moment for 87 to really grow up too and say, look, I got to focus more. I got to do a better job of getting my head around. I got to locate the ball better. He's supposed to be a first round tight end. Square up as the basketball player type that you are, box out the corner in the safety and high point the ball. Don't just run around like a doo-doo-doo is the fucking ball. Yeah, they're throwing it to you. You're the first round tight end. Can't be surprised about that there, Chief. Flacco played well. Lindsey played well. Lindsey's a straight dog. He plays really hard. The touchdown run was all effort. I think he had a, a 7.20 tail grab in there somewhere. He spun two or three times. That play call was awesome. I love the the drop step zone action from tight end to tackle. We put a video of that up as well. Super, super physical. The scissors action by Jano as he wrapped and cut down the defensive player at the end of the line of scrimmage so they couldn't have a cutback player. And Lindsey just ran it right down the gut for the game's only touchdown. Now look, can I win ugly like that? Fucking A, I can. I don't give a shit how we win. We can win 10 to 9 
you know, seven to six, 108 to 104. I don't care as long as we win. But I'd like to score more points, and I'll take a shutout every day. I'll take take 13-10, 16-0. I'll take it. But if they're going to progress and if they're going to win games, and I think they could be a playoff team. I know that's crazy. They're two and four. They win this game on Thursday night. They find a way to beat Kansas City at home. Remember, they had them on the fucking ropes last year. If Keenum hits Demarius, if Demarius runs the route full speed, it is a touchdown and they beat Kansas City in my high and God knows where the team goes. And then Vance is probably still the coach, so maybe we don't want that. <laughs> I'm just saying, they could easily beat them. This defense will give them a chance with everyone. And that's my point. The 2000 Ravens won the Super Bowl with Tony Banks and Trent Dilfer. We have Joe Flacco. He's a Super Bowl MVP. He knows how to win with really good defense running the football and play action. It's the perfect combination. If they had to go through hell for four games to figure this out, then I'm with it. I'd rather do that than the three or four years in a row of these hot starts where they're 3-1, and 4-0, 4-1, and 5-2, and then they shit the bet at the end of the year and they can't make the playoffs and they lose 4-6, of 5-7. I don't want that. If we got to go 0-4 to end up going 9-7, and 10-6, and 6, I'm fucking with that. That's, that's a tough team that pulled themselves out of a trench that no one's going to want to play with a good defense and an insulting running game. I think they're figuring it out, and you don't want them to do that shit because they're the only team in the AFC West that has anything on defense. Kansas City's terrible on defense. The Raiders are terrible on defense. Burfitt's gone forever, probably. He got suspended for the entire season. And the, the Chargers are the one of the oldest, most beat-up football teams I've ever seen. I mean, they just got dudes everywhere I don't even know. They got dudes everywhere hurt. And Phillip, Phyllis Rivers and his bolo tie look old. So the blood's in the water, but they've got to win this game. It's, it's a must-win football weekend for CU. It's a must-win football weekend for the Broncos. And how do they beat Kansas City? I don't hit Mahomes. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and, like, outline – all the fucking details like some talking head on on some you know radio station that's ridiculous no one gives a shit about that i'm saying that it's very simple you pressure him in the pocket not from the edges you make him move outside and track him to the sideline and make him throw across his body i know he does it and it looks good on highlight tapes but eventually our opportunistic zone defense which we've already seen yesterday pick the ball off on three or four of these type of throws they're going to headhunt that. They're going to, instead of going for kill shots across the middle, they're going to go for picks. So I want him to roll out left or right. I do not want him to step up into the pocket and we're running B gaps. We got to have A gap pressure the whole game. Okay. We need to control the time of possession the whole game. Lindsey and Freeman, last year they had, I think they averaged six yards a carry, six yards a carry or something like that in the game, but they only had 15 or 16 carries. Why, we should have 45 carries. And if you look at the, the Chiefs games this year, every single team, they've had pretty close games. They're two losses. Both teams have over 40 carries. So I would imagine that everybody up front, Janovich, Bulls, Reisner, McGovern, Leary, Elijah, Jawan, whoever plays there, the tight ends, tight ends got to pick their blocking schemes up. Fant and Hireman, they got to work on their... Trey blocks in their climbs. They got beat at the point of attack a couple of times against Tennessee. Again, just something to work on. Don't take it all personal. If they control the time of possession and keep Kansas City off the field, Denver wins this football game. Kansas City has one really, really good player at quarterback. 
Denver's scheme on defense is next level. Kareem Jackson's a fucking monster at safety. I'm telling you, they're figuring it out. And if they figure this shit out and they're still in contention while they do it, the AFC's going to shit their pants because the, the Patriots haven't played anybody. I don't care if they're the number one ranked defense or not. I really think that the Broncos can do some really scary things. And I've seen teams that struggle like this in holes and everybody says they're dead. I've seen them resurrect. And you don't want that, especially with this group. So, do I think there's a lot to be happy about? Shit, yeah, man, be happy. You, we, you know, Broncos country just experienced a month of losing. Two games in a row winning is awesome. Two, if you win three in a row and you can get two wins in six days, I'm with that. You can beat Kansas City. I, I don't know when's the last time Denver beat Kansas City, but it's been a while. It's not the last two or three years. So it's a must win. And I think they can do it. And then after that, you look at the rest of the season and you go, okay, they're three and four. They just beat a division rival. Now Kansas City's four and three. And you're sitting there literally two games out of the division lead, folks. So the NFL's crazy. Not for long. Stop acting like one week damns a team or one week anoints them. My name is Matt McChesney. That is episode 50 of McChesney Unchained on the DNVR Podcast Network. Remember, check out 60strength.com, at 60 Academy on Twitter and Instagram for any and all information about what we do. It's the bridge and it's fucking real. We're going to do one of our high, our high school highlight specials here pretty soon. And we're going to talk about a couple interesting topics in the state of Colorado. A couple of things. Number one, controlling or coaching. Are you controlling your kids or are you coaching your kids? Number two, is Chassa actually there for the kids or is Chassa there so the coaches can control? Because having open enrollment and then saying the kids can't transfer and if they do, they have to sit out a year. The only way they can leave is for divorce or emergency. That's You're duping them. Open enrollment, but then you can't transfer, but a coach can take any job he wants. That's not cool. There's a lot of things that need to change. And... The reason I fight as hard as I do for what I believe in is because I know I'm right. 60strength.com, check it out. This is episode 50. I am Matt McChesney. Thanks for listening, folks. Go Buffs. Go Broncos. We're out.